Hello, greetings. Welcome to the broadcast. We are happy to be here with you today. We are the Godfidence Moms discussion. And we like to say here on Godfidence Mom Edition that we don't have all the answers, but we know who does. And we know where to go to get them. So today we're going to be talking about a very important topic. Uh, on July 4th, we were talking about freedom scriptures and what they meant to us. And we started thinking about all these things for freedom, but our kids are getting ready to go back to school. So we kind of did a little hiccup and, and it said, okay, we need to talk about bullying. And here's why we need to prepare our kids before they step on the bus, before they step in the school, before they even drive their car into the parking lot of the high school. We need to prepare them what is bullying, how to deal with it, maybe share with them some stories from the Bible of people that have been bullied, whether they, you know, whatever the case may be, so that we can help prepare them. So today I have with me part of the Godfidence Mom Team's Jessica Lindsay, Vanetta Carter, and April D. Metzler. So we are so happy to be here with you guys today. And before we kick things off too terribly much, uh, we want to talk about, um, we want to read a scripture here that April uh, shared with us. And I'm going to put it up on the thing and have her read it for us because it's, it's so incredibly good. But we want to share it with you guys because this really speaks to the heart of the matter. So let me get this up here so you guys can read it. And it is in Romans 12, 18 through 20. And uh, April's going to read that for us. Go ahead, April. It says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own re revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Okay, I want you, while we're on this topic, I want you to elaborate on that. Because a lot of times... People, I remember as a young Christian, I was like, yeah, get them, put coals on their head. <laughs> Burn yeah. that crap out of them, Lord. You know, I mean, so <laughs> share with the viewers a little bit of commentary on that, April, while you're on that subject. Because I think sometimes people read that scripture and they totally miss that part, you know, or they're so, because uh, they're, they're really wanting to get revenge. And we know revenge doesn't work, right? Yeah, so we can't actually partner a revenge thought process like that. And and it was a great example of how you illustrated it because as, as young coming into this Christians, you know, we really haven't delved into the depths of God's love and what it looks like for him to have had such compassion on us when he forgave us for all of our sins. And so when we're sitting here operating in that, that offense and, and dealing in, in areas of pride, if you will, because it's what offense is rooted in about how someone has done us wrong and that we want to get back at them. We're not operating in that same compassion, that same forgiveness that was bestowed on us, even when we didn't deserve it. And so it's almost as if we're, we're diving into, if we keep a hold of that, you know, we're going to end up dealing with a root of bitterness. And, you know, when that root sits there and gets into you, it, you know, it gives you that that sickness of unforgiveness, if you will. And it, it just starts decaying at your spirit. And that those people that you're dealing with uh, in that, that feeling of um, wanting to get back at him probably are just going on about their lives. And so it, it goes into this, you know, this, this limbo feeling of, 
of I want to get back at him, but I also want to heal and what's more important. And so we've got to be very careful about that when someone does us wrong, you know, how we address letting go of those offenses and moving forward so that we can operate in love instead of um, seeking vengeance and uh, holding on to bitterness. So, yeah, we just got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, what I'd like to do now is give you guys a few stats on this because these are these are startling, but these are actually old stats. So I'm going to give you one here that says around 80 percent of teens say that other cyber bullies because they think it's funny 80 percent of kids say that other cyber bullies because they think it's funny they want people to laugh uh you know we all know that um people will do a lot of silly things to get attention and so uh whenever we think about that stat um you know jessica could you maybe talk a little bit about what these kids might be thinking you know, when they want that attention of making someone laugh or how can we help our kids to understand that that's really not funny, even though their culture is screaming, oh, this is hilarious. Right. Uh, I think it's interesting that that the Bible spells it out for us. It spells it out for it in verse 20 there. It says, but if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink, meaning that these people that are doing these things that are cyberbullying like this, they are thirsty and they are hungry uh, and they're, they're, they're crying out for attention. It's a thirst and a hunger for, an, for attention and they're doing it in, in the wrong way. And so um, I think it's important to, to note that the, the, the scripture clearly states that here. And, um, and, and so it's so important to, um, you know, also I've heard before that um, people say, well, uh, you know, hurt people, hurt people, right? And so this is exactly what's happening. These people um, who are cyberbullying, who are um, thinking it's funny, uh, probably most likely have had something like this happen to them. They've been treated in this manner in their lifetime somewhere, some way, some form. Um, and, it, and it doesn't excuse it. Um, but knowing that and remembering that in these situations, um, that we are children of God and that we, uh, carry grace and forgiveness for these people, it can help us, uh, be able to release them, uh, to allow God to do what he needs to do in them. Because ultimately, if we're holding unforgiveness, we're actually, you know, bondaging ourselves up, um, from healing, but also, God is not is not able to do what he needs to do uh, for them. So that's so true and well said. I'll tell you, it is true because her people do her people. And we always wonder a lot of times what is going on? What would make them do that? And statistics do show that some bullying people have been bullied. Maybe they're even being bullied at home by an older sibling, or they might be bullied from a parent, uh, or there's just so many different things. They're trying to release all of that. But now that you, you've got um, several children, uh, you know, some older, some still at home, and you as an adult, uh, if I remember correctly, I think, didn't you go through some bullying when you were in high school and stuff? Can you share a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I came to the United States of America when I was 12 years old and I'm originally from Trinidad and the kids, they would make fun of my accent. 
because I was from Trinidad. And they would say things like, we're going to deport you back to your country. And it was it was very tough. I hated school. I didn't like school. I, I got to the point where I didn't even like myself because I couldn't really understand why these kids would every day. I mean, this was just something that they just did every day. Because like you said, they thought it was funny or they wanted to make other people laugh. But I don't think that they even realize how much of an internal breakdown that they inflicted on me by saying all of these things to me, making fun of my complexion. And I just, I just really, it just broke me down for a long time. And it was very disappointing and very discouraging to keep going through that. Now you were fairly uh, young. How long did the, did this go on all throughout high school, or was uh, middle, it just a season? Middle school, high school, yes. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And back then, you were not a Christian. No, I was not. Okay, so you know the Bible lays it out like the scripture that you know April was talking about, and Jessica, you know, for us who are serving the Lord, that's there are Bible believing Christians. This is how we can teach our kids to do it. But there are so many kids out there that don't know the Word of God, or maybe maybe you have a kid in your neighborhood or a friend whose kid is being bullied, and they're you know they they're not Christians. Um, this is a time where we can really help people by help reminding them who the true comforter is and um you know talking to them and sharing with them there is a real god and there's a real devil and the devil has nothing on god but he will operate through broken people to try to hurt uh kids hurt their families and so forth and we see so much of that in the culture right now some of the other statistics here and this one was really sad for me was over 14 percent of children between the ages of nine and 12 have been bullied. Think about that. Think about that. That's what, fourth grade? Fourth grade through sixth grade, maybe? Somewhere around in that vicinity, depending on, you know, what when their birthday falls and when they start at school. This is some serious stuff. And another statistic is, is that over 59% of teenagers have experienced uh, bullying or harassment online. 59%. Now, anytime we're looking at stats, like I said, these are old. Uh, I, I Well, we had Maggie fall off the internet connection here, folks. So we apologize, but <laughs> we'll just wait for her to jump on here. But with those stats, um, <laughs> thankfully Maggie's back. I didn't have to say anything. Glory to God. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. We're having some technical issues. I'm not in my little studio area. I normally work in. We have a leak in our wall and so that room is torn apart so i'm actually at my desk and i've broadcasted from this location before but the lighting's not as good and all that and apparently my little who's he what's it thing this the mouse is super sensitive <laughs> it just threw me right out so sorry about the technical issue but when it comes to these stats and when we're talking about these stats this stat is from like 2019 right and think about that. That's pre-COVID. That's pre-kids living on their phones 24-7, having a lot of access to that. And these are the ones that are reported. Hmm. 
And we have to take that with a grain of salt anytime we're talking about stats is because the reality is, is it's probably much higher than that. And so uh, how can we help our kids? How can we help our teens? How can we help our tweens? Uh, you know, when we've got kids, you know, 14% of little kids, and then we've got 59% of the older kids that are dealing with this. And then another stat says that 37% of bully victims develop social anxiety. Well, understandably so, it's pretty stressful. So I want to talk a little bit in this episode about somebody in the Bible who was bullied. He got a bad rap on a lot of stuff. However, he did not know when to shut his mouth. Does anybody know who we're talking about? Does anybody know, has there sometimes something that you know and that you open up your mouth and you say something about it and then you get attacked for it? <laughs> that happened to our brother Joseph in the Bible. Joseph went through a lot. He did. His brothers kind of bullied him and so forth. So, Jessica, do you feel like Joseph was a person from the Bible who endured bullying? Now, now let's just set aside that he didn't know when to keep his mouth shut, okay? <laughs> <laughs> What's your thoughts on the story of Joseph and over and over how he just kept getting a bad rap? Would you think that that's like a form of bullying? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, he, he spoke about his dream that he had. The Lord gave him a dream. And um, and so and he spoke on it and, you know, argumentatively one way or the other. He either, you know, maybe shouldn't have said anything or should, but whatever he did. And, and so his brothers um, uh, clearly had um, some spirits of jealousy there going on, you know, there's, you know, and, and they weren't going to put up with it. And so um, I think so many times that happens, you know, with, with uh, teenagers or, you know, youth and teenagers, I think a lot of times, you know, when, when a, when a child that is, um, is not so secure in who they are um, encounters a child that is very secure in who they are. Um, they, they feel the need to tear them down or to try to tear them down to make themselves feel better. Um, and, and to try to keep that, you know, from ha maybe happening or, or whatever the case is, you know? Um, so yeah. And I, I think it happens all the time. I think, um, we see it all the time, you know? Yeah, I really think you're right on that. I think that many times, um, you know, whether or not Joseph, you know, he he went through some stuff and a lot of times it is rooted in jealousy. And so, you know, we've got, you know, kids that are some, you know, some girls, if they're really pretty, everybody thinks, oh, they got everything going on. Recently, I watched a movie and I'm telling you guys, you need to watch this movie. It's called Hope Lives. Have you all seen it yet? Um, I'm going to put the name of it here. It's actually on uh, Prime. Uh, what is it called? Amazon Prime. Hope Lives. And this is an anti-bullying film. And it is very well done. It's from our brother, Anthony Hackett. Um, he's just a great writer, producer, and some of the storyline in there. But there was after school program for kids that had endured bullying. And this one girl was so angry. She was so angry because a super pretty popular girl that was like an Instagram star was in there because in her brain, she could not wrap her head around how someone who looked like that and had that much popularity had been bullied. And, you know, yeah, yeah. So I'm telling you, it's a good film. 
it definitely is got a lot of discussion points. So I just want to say that a lot of times it is rooted in jealousy. And so how do we help our kids with that? How do we help our kids with kids that are jealous of them and acting out of their pain and trying to hurt them? So we're going to throw it over here to Vanetta. Vanetta, have you had to deal with this with any of your kids? And if so, what's some good godly advice to the viewers on how to handle that? I would definitely say the home is the training ground. So it's so important that we build our children up in who they are in Christ. Because I think a lot of times, you know, as they go out into the world, you know, the world has all these things that look like, you know, oh, if you have these pair of sneakers or if you have your nails done or if you have, you know, this specific brand of clothing, I think really just building them up mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically and who they are in God, the Lord has to be everything to them. So when they go out into the world, those things, it doesn't even really phase them because their confidence is in God, you know, and their confidence and their identity is in Christ. Amen. So I think really just even having an open door policy where you teach your children, you know, your hair is beautiful. When God made you, he said that it was good, you know, and just encouraging them to really just develop and uh, be rooted and grounded in their own personal relationship with God. Because I think a lot of these uh, children and teenagers, they have a God-sized hole that only the Lord can fill. So whether if it's, you know, they don't feel pretty enough or, you know, mom and dad may be working all day and they're just having to entertain themselves with social media or with a cell phone, you know, it may be that they're not getting that interaction at home where they don't have anybody to talk to. So the best way to get attention is to act out. You know, so just creating a safe place where, you know, when the child do come home, like my kids, I would ask them, how was school today? They would say it was good. I'll wait like 10 minutes. Then I'll say, what was good about it? Because now I want to create a conversation where I could hear about what happened at the locker room. What happened when you were, you know, getting ready to go to gym? What happened at the lunch table? And just allowing them a safe place to just share some of those things. And then if something sound off, then, you know, you could ask them, well, how did that make you feel? You know, and just kind of engage them and equip them. I think we have to equip our children with the tools that they need. So when they go out, even if you role play with your kids, you know, how would you respond if someone came and pushed you down? Or, you know, if someone said, you know, that you're not smart or, you know, just to kind of prepare them because the enemy, he's going around like a roaring lion to see who he could devour, you know? So I would say definitely creating and, and equipping them in the home before you send them out is important. Man, that's so good. That's really good. You guys might want to pause that rewind and watch again if you're watching this on the replay, mm -hmm. because that was some good stuff. And those are things that I wish I would have taken advantage of when my kids were younger. You know, uh, many of you guys know I was not, I've not always been a Christian. And uh, I had, a you know, uh, that whole, you know, working full time, going to school, doing all that single mom, trying to raise it. And it never occurred to me to say, you know, outside of how was your day, I would get that part okay, but never digging deeper. And many times if we do dig a little bit deeper, 
we are going to find some things that we can help address so that they don't fall into believing a lie, you know, uh, because the enemy is, he's throwing out lies all the time, seeing if the people will bite. So April, if someone has got a child who is the bully, maybe, you know, you find out that your kid is, you know, and I know your daughter is, and she's super precious. I love you, Shelby. Um, but, you know, if someone was to uh, find out uh, what are some of the things that we can do as godly parents to help them to, to find out what that root is and what is causing them to act out or to whether it's to be cool or whether they're hurting or whatever reason it is? What would you say to that? Well, if it's gotten to that point, and I'm just thinking along the lines of teenage years, I'd imagine that uh, there's a communication breakdown in the home. So yes. I, if it was my child and that was addressed to me personally, I would figure out <laughs> where it all went wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it again, it goes back to Vanetta's point, you know, all of these things, whether we have a child that is the bully or being bullied, it all starts at home. And so when we um, empower them to know what, for instance, healthy boundaries are, then whatever damage has been caused that maybe being the trigger for someone to say, yes, I'm going to be a bully today um, as a child or a teenager, then, you know, maybe that would equip them. And I think Vanetta is spot on. I really don't think that you can say anything on either side of the spectrum that doesn't come back to the central foundation of the home and what we're pouring into our kids. But it does start with um, communication. And if we have that open communication with the kiddos with our personal boundaries in place as, hey, I'm the adult, we're not buddies, you know, there are still consequences, you know, making sure that that those things are in place firmly, but we're going to talk about this. And you're old enough as a teenager to have a, an intelligent conversation. We're supposed to be shaping and molding them into who they are going to be, helping them find out who they're, you know, what their identity is and how to walk that out. But that equipping stage is so important and so vital um, because if they don't know what their foundations are and they don't know what their convictions are as an individual, how are we supposed to expect them to stand up one way or the other and establish healthy boundaries in their relationships? So if we don't know how to do it for ourselves, first, we need to figure out how to do it for ourselves. And if we don't know how to operate in boundaries in a healthy way, we need to learn that. And then we need to teach yes. our kids that. So I think that that would be my my solution is to figure out where it all went wrong and figure out how we can address that situation in the home so that it doesn't continue outside of the home. Man, that's so good. And I'm glad you brought that up because communication is the key. And, you know, you, Jess and Benetta and you all have come back to the root of we need to figure out what what is the what is the root issue here? What is the thing that is causing that and how to respond instead of react so we can help them navigate those years? So Jessica, I'm gonna have you read the scripture for us if you would. I am hoping it all came up there on the screen. It's a uh, James 4. Yeah. Uh -huh, absolutely. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law. The ju and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? 
Do you think these kids, whenever they're checking out, like, you know, Vanetta was saying, as far as like, they're judging people based on what they can see. And that is challenging. And that is what the world does. The world is constantly critiquing, judging, and all of that. And we're called to love, not judge. We're called to, um, you know, be able to walk in love with these people that are hurting. And so I just want to encourage you guys, whenever you're in the world word, and the reason I brought that up is because that do not speak equal evil against another brother or sister is because this is what they're doing all the time. And they think it's cool and they're being deceived into thinking. And so when we look at the culture right now, and we look at the way that if you, you know, television shows have been kind of teaching that narrative for many years, dishonor your parents. You know, you think back, I remember when the Simpsons came out, my kids were little and um, you know, how they just had no respect or reverence for parents. And so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. If we don't, like April was saying, if we don't value, set boundaries, understand our own junk, we can't help them navigate with our junk. So I just want to encourage you all that in order to see change, it starts with us. You know, John Maxwell is one of my favorite leadership gurus, and he talks about everything rises and falls with leadership, and that goes with parenting too. Now, you might be saying, I'm doing everything that I can and still going through this. Listen, the best place for breakthrough is on your face crying out to God in prayer, uh, if, allowing the Lord to search yourself. You know, um, I love the scripture, you know, search me. Is there anything in me that needs to be dealt with? And do that before you approach these situations, because these are difficult. These are very, very difficult. Um, I actually had a kid tell me, was, I don't know, not too long ago, three or four months ago, that someone basically, in order for them to be in a certain fr friend group, they had to become a bully. We see this happening in gang activity where in order to be initiated into a gang, you have to do some awful thing to be accepted in. And we know that all of this comes from the enemy, but he does use broken people to do his his bidding. His, 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 they're like pawns in a chess game. They're up front, you know, when the, the things are going on. So we, we will probably talk a little bit about this more the next time, but we're wanting to equip you guys to have the freedom from that and have these difficult conversations with your kids before they go back to school, which is just in a couple of weeks here in Tennessee, like two weeks. So uh, regardless of where you're at, uh, something I do also want to mention, uh, April had mentioned that it's important to talk about communication. There is an event that's taking place in Middle Tennessee. It is the Godfidence Teen event. It is called this year is Godfidence 4.0 Communication Navigation. If you are wanting to uh, be more confident in having these difficult conversations with your teens, having some equipping and some tools, knowing how to interact with them, uh, how to get them to respond instead of react and all these types of things. We're going to have a plethora of speakers. We're going to have uh, a teen panel, an adult panel. We're going to have teen speakers and adult speakers, and it's just going to be a great time. So we encourage you guys to get registered for that. You can go to um, godfidenceteens.com or you can go to godfidenceteens.eventbrite.com and get registered today because we want to see you guys thrive. We don't want to see you just survive parenthood. Uh, I know that I just barely made it through alive. I'm just saying, <laughs> but this is a time where mothers and daughters, and you're probably saying, well, 
what is the age groups tweens teens and young college age students any if you're if you're wanting to be able to communicate and not even just the two of you communicating together but how to communicate with god how to communicate with others how to respond in conflict resolution these tools are valuable and there's a time to take a day and set apart it's in middle tennessee at the double tree we've got some room blocks if you're coming from out of state uh so and they've given us a decent price on those rooms so please consider bringing your kids to this event if you are in the middle of tennessee area or if you just want to go to the middle tennessee area uh, Murfreesboro is 30 minutes south of Nashville. So it's a really cool place to be. So we just want to encourage you with that, share with them. And we'll just go around. Final words, Jessica, on the topic of how to help our kids with the whole bullying thing before they start back to school. I think as we've all kind of mentioned, um, being the training ground in our homes uh, and, and being okay uh, with saying, you know, with being able to have the conversations with our kids. And if that means us, um, you know, asking our children, you know, let's say that, that, you know, they've struggled with us and our communication, asking them, like, do you feel like you and I communicate well? Um, and if not, with as much respect as you can muster up, where, you know, what do you think? Like, you know, and taking your kids, your kids, um, into consideration in that way, because I think that uh, we can all learn, uh, not only do our children learn from us, but we learn from our children and, and being okay with, uh, you know, growing with our children in this. Um, and, and I'm not saying, I'm not pointing any fingers and I'm not saying that if this is, that we are the root um, parents, but at the end of the day, we are the trainers uh, to our children. So, um, you know, just being able to have those tough conversations. I agree. Very good. April? I, I agree with her as well. Um, you know, we are the responsible party, you know, we're the accountable person. And uh, I think that the sooner that we begin in that training, I, I believe that uh, it's going to be, it'll be more received, more well-received. Um, and it all begins with how we train. And so I'm just going to add another layer to that. How are you training your child up in the way that they should go so that when they are older, they will not depart from that? You know, how are you fostering that heart of gratitude, that heart of consideration for others? Um, what does it look like for you to teach your child a heart of compassion? Um, because it's hard enough sometimes for us to get to the level from going from sympathy to empathy for others sometimes, but to go to compassion is a whole other level and it's a God kind of love. So what does it look like for us to foster that into our kids? How and how we are relaying these things always needs to be just as we speak to our brothers and sisters in Christ that a love we also need to you know speak that into our children that in life you know we don't want to sit here and condemn them when they do wrong and we don't want to run them down we want to encourage them to be build, building them up and encouraging them and exhorting them and admonishing them in a godly way so that accountability to train needs to be you know, how are we? It's not just that we are, but how are we doing so? So wow, that's really good. Really, really good. Renata? Yes, I'll definitely double back and say the same thing as well, too. It's so important that we are setting that example. And it's so important that 
you know, like I said before, some things are taught, but some things are caught. They're looking at how we interact with other people. They're looking at how we handle people. Are we mishandling people? Are we loving our neighbors well? Are we loving our spouses well? Are we being great friends to our friends as well, too? Because they're looking to see, well, what does it look like to be a good friend? What does it look like to be a person of your word? What does it look like to be a person of integrity? So the home, again, is the place where that foundation is built and where the foundation it has to be Christ. And then the roots has to be deep as well, too, as we continue to set that example in our day-to-day -day interactions with each other and with, with other people as well, too. Wow, that's so very good. And we have way more statistics that we could have went into and talked about. That's why we're probably going to have a, a go a little bit deeper because we we talked about some of the things to help prepare our kids for this. Next episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about what are different types of bullies because some people do not recognize bullying. And if we're going to sit down and have a candid conversation with our younger generation, they need to know that that even manipulation is a form of bullying. It is. And I know that's a tough one. So we'll talk about some of those things in a little bit more. If you have questions or comments, please put them in the cat, uh, chat stream. Reach out to us if you have any questions. And remember here on Confidence Today, we don't have all the answers, but we know who does. And we invite you guys to share this out with your friends and families because uh, we just are moms having conversations about these things that we feel like people need to be talking about. So we love you. God bless you guys. We'll see you here next time on Confidence Moms Edition. Bye bye. Thank you.